You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1266 of Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Tuesday evening, and I am here with another bonus episode of the show. This is the fourth show of the week already by Tuesday evening. It's been very busy. The NBA draft is looming, and that means rumors for the Hawks, who are arguably the number one team in the entire league when it comes to the most discussed franchises on the trade block and all of the rumor mill stuff that's been happening the last few days. If you missed it, anything earlier this week and even by the end of last week i've had a mailbag show recently i've had a bonus rumor mill uh, catch-up episode earlier this week about an hour conversation with my friend tyler jones on monday evening about the draft and the latest stuff on collins and uh, the overarching organizational tenor all that stuff on that podcast and also basically we're back again to do another news catch-up on this tuesday and wednesday basically covering everything that's been actually happening since about midday on monday i made fun of this earlier but there was a uh, Mark Stein news dump like moments after I did my last news catch up, which uh, I'm, I'm going to combine that with some stuff from Jake Fisher and Zach Lowe and Jonathan Gavoni on this podcast. Probably a little bit shorter than a normal episode, but I'm going to have a full on final thoughts deep dive on the draft with my uh, my final personal takes, my ultimate mock draft pick that I will share um, that I took on the locked on side. Um, reminders about Gallinari as he's sort of looming out there at this point in time, trade up scenario, trade down scenarios, all that stuff is coming. And by the way, any more rumors that happen between now and then, I'm going to record that probably late Wednesday into Thursday. That'll sort of be the final thoughts before the draft. And then, of course, after the draft is over on Thursday, we'll have a full breakdown of all that transpires on this podcast. Please subscribe. Tell your friends. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, and the works on the podcast side. Okay, let us dive in now. Um, this is the Mark Stein reporting from Monday. We'll start with now a bunch of John Collins stuff, unsurprisingly. And that's been, of course, the number one theme of all of this stuff is the John Collins is at the center of all of it, which I don't necessarily love. As I've been saying for a while, I'm still very pro John Collins, but it's uh, it's been heating up quite a bit recently. So Mark mentioned that Collins is still on Portland's radar as a deal involving number seven overall is in play. I recently did a whole episode with Mike Richmond of Lockdown Blazers about that possibility. So I'm not going to do too much else on that now that is still out there in the works, according to Stein on Monday. He also said um, that he has, quote, been apprised, end quote, that Suns GM James Jones has rated Collins highly in the past and sort of looks at his potential pursuit of DeAndre Ayton in a sign and trade. Interestingly enough, that's usually because um, and the eight and stuff, it's usually like a Capella sign and trade thought process or maybe both of those guys. But um, perhaps if Jones really likes Collins, he might be the centerpiece of that. And they have to move Capella elsewhere to maybe Minnesota, something like that. It's been out there. We talked, we talked about that in the last podcast, but the Wolves are reportedly linked to uh, Capella, at least on some level as a potential point of interest. That Capella has some real value on the market. I would stress, though, that's not direct reporting. That's a uh, Stein being told that by someone about James Jones, not necessarily reporting that James Jones actually has interest or like of Collins at this point in time. Keep that in mind. Always, as we sift through, I will try to sort of interpret this stuff for you as well. The next two statements, though, paired together sort of the headliners of the last day or two. Um, I'm going to pair them together at the same time. So the first one from Stein, and I quote, is, the likelihood of a John Collins trade, league sources indicate, is as high as it's ever been, end quote. And later in the same piece, he writes, quote, I've been advised that relocation for Collins this offseason is pretty much expected now, end quote. That is very strong language about Collins likely not being back in Atlanta 
In addition to that, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN did a TV hit on Monday night and echoed some of that stuff and said he basically expects Collins to be moved. And Zach Lowe said on Tuesday on his podcast, um, and, sorry, I'll, I'll be on, maybe on the TV side, one of those things, Zach Lowe said that John Collins is, quote, the most mentioned trade target in the NBA right now. If you said you have to bet a large sum of money on a player getting traded on draft night, I might pick John Collins over anybody else, end quote. So there's a lot of stuff there from different people, but always sort of on the same wavelength. I tweeted this on Monday. I'm going to say it again now. I basically heard the same sentiment on Collins. And as someone who is, generally speaking, more skeptical than most people are on trade rumors, I my guard is always up. People lie this time of year. It's silly season. It's smoke season. Um, all that stuff is out there. I've heard a constant drumbeat the last few days in particular from well-placed people that I do trust. And I think people are smart about the stuff that is more likely than not that Collins is moved at this point. And uh, if you asked me this two weeks ago, I would have said it was still more likely that Collins was on the roster next year than he was traded. And I want to stress this, though, at the same time, likely does not mean definite. I've seen people that are anti-Collins celebrating. I've seen people that are pro-Collins already kind of mourning the end of the era with John Collins. I get all that. Um, my, my stress to you would be not to overreact until something is actually done, because even if it's, let's just say, 80-20, uh, there's still 20% chance that he's not traded. Like, it's, it's not a done deal at this point. And for me, there's not been a, a single specific team that is linked to Collins. Obviously he's been tied to the Kings. He's been tied to the Blazers. He's been tied to other teams, but there's not a, a single smoking gun kind of rumor out there, which kind of pushes it over the edge for me. Even, even if it was unreported, I would just share that sort of share that uh, in, in broad terms, but there's not, that's part of the reason why I'm saying your guard should still be up on some level. Um, also just as a reminder, trades are hard to make. That's kind of an important thing to keep in mind this time of year. It's not always the funnest thing in the world. Uh, I think people like to do rumors, and I totally understand that. The, uh, the the term trade slop, end quote, has been out there for a while the last couple of days. I kind of enjoy that as a uh, theoretical kind of way to make fun of all this stuff. But there's been so much stuff out there that uh, it's a reminder that trades are actually hard to accomplish, especially when you're talking about a guy who's making real money. And some of the, re some of the reported deals, like Sacramento has some salary um, challenges in a deal for Collins. Phoenix in a DeAndre Ayton deal has, because of his base year compensation, which is a very cap nerdy thing, there's some salary stuff there as well, no matter what's going back from the Hawks to the, to the Suns in a two-team deal. So it's not always easy to do this stuff. Um, and I, I, But again, I, I will say, um, just so I get this on the record, I have the least confidence that I have ever had that John Collins will be on the roster. Um, moving forward now that's not saying that i advocate for that people i want to draw that line in the sand very very um strictly here i personally would not be as eager to trade don collins as the, as the hawks might be at this point in time but um just thinking about this and hearing things and uh doing my own uh you know reporting if you want to say that um i i would certainly guess if i had to at this point in time that he's traded that's something that i would not say lightly um but it's sort of echoing what i've been hearing both on the record and off the record from people that i think are smart and tied into the situation uh with john collins We'll have more on this stuff with uh, Jake Fisher's most recent reporting and much more. But first, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. If you're looking for a daily fantasy option this year, check out the award winning app at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know that you will too. It's so very easy to use, uh, both interface wise and also just the operation of the actual game. All you have to do is pick two to five players and an over under on their projections. Went up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you against those projected numbers, and that makes it very easy to also decipher what's going on. And the entry can be made very quickly, it was just a minute or less. And they have 
safe, fast withdrawals from prize picks, and they have props on almost everything you can possibly think of that includes points, rebounds, and even assists on the basketball side. And beyond that, they have mixed sports entries. So if you like MMA or soccer or baseball or hockey, whatever you like to uh, sort of check out in the sports world, pair it all together and use the, use your expertise all at the same time. And for a limited time, price picks has an exclusive offer for all our listeners for Locked On, and that is $50 for free if a single player in your lineup has even a single point. But you have to use the promo code NBA at Price Picks. One more time, exclusively for Locked On fans, sign up today. Use the promo code NBA, $50 for free. If a player in your first lineup scores even a single point, check it all out at Price Picks. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. And the auto world makes the models these days basically impossible for all the local chain stores or any of the local chain stores or dealerships or anything like that to stock all the parts that you need for your car, your truck. And if they have them, do you actually want to endure all the questions from the person behind the counter? All they want to do is tell you what they want to sell you from their warehouse or whatever makes them the most money. Instead, act on your own behalf by accessing rockauto.com right now at home or in your pocket. It's a much, much better option overall. Why spend more for the exact same parts at a dealership or a local chain store? Instead, use rockauto.com for the lowest prices available. And it's a family business that's been serving customers for more than two decades at this point. And the prices are reliably low and the same for each and every customer. They have all of what you need for your car, your truck. That includes, of course, stuff like brake parts and tail lamps, motor oil, even carpet for your car. And check out the website right now, rockauto.com. Today, see all the parts available for your car or your truck. And when you get there, write locked on in the box to ask you how you heard about rockauto.com. So they know that we actually sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, we're back with more reporting and uh, intel and roundup kind of stuff. On this Tuesday evening, uh, Jake Fisher on Tuesday morning wrote that John Collins continues to be mentioned as the most likely trade candidate among impact veterans around the league. And here's the new piece of reporting. It is believed by Fisher writing this that Collins and the Hawks have a, quote, mutual interest to find him a new destination. That is the new element in the reporting is the, is the, quote, mutual interest. People were asking me what this kind of means. It could mean different things. I will say that it does not mean definitively by any means that Collins has asked for a trade. Is that possible? Sure, it absolutely is. We don't always hear that stuff on the outside, and I haven't heard that at this point in time. It's not been reported anywhere that he's asked for a trade. I think more likely, and I'm interpreting now, not reporting, um, that Collins probably is not overly thrilled and his side and his agency or even just him with, with being in rumors for two straight seasons now all while taking a small role in the offense to make things work with the roster. Like he's been the guy that's been asked to kind of fold his game in to become more of a pick and pop guy, more of a supporting piece in some ways um, after having a bigger role earlier in his career on the offensive end of the floor in particular, you throw that in with the law with the pretty long contract standoff last year. And it wouldn't be shocking to me that Collins might feel a little bit, a little disrespect at this point in time, might be a little bit uh, wary of sticking around, especially after the, especially this time around where it's been so many rumors on the Collins side. So it's also a pretty regular occurrence for guys who are obviously on the market to get their agents involved and maybe be part of the process. Again, the agent would not be doing his job properly if he was not trying to get in the mix at this point, especially with all the stuff about Collins to try to steer the ship a little bit and try to get his, his client the best situation moving, moving forward. Again, there's a lot of speculation in there, but it has now been reported for the first time. It was Jake. It's the only one that I've seen report this, the mutual side of things, but um, it's not out of the ordinary at all. This does not mean that Collins quote unquote wants out. I saw a lot of that reaction from Hawks fans. I don't blame you for saying that, but I think that just there's a lot of nuance here that gets lost in this. And uh, I think there is always a point in these kind of negotiations or something like that where you might bring in the player or bring in the player's agent to just say, look, this is probably happening. Um, you know, they try to get on the same page. And perhaps that's where we are, where we are at this point in time. Uh, Jake also confirmed some recent stuff about the Hawks and the Kings, and they have not involved number four overall, but um, I've already, I, I actually talked about that a little bit on the last podcast earlier, but there's been some new reporting on number four, so I'm going to get to that now. 
Jonathan Gavoni, who is ESPN's draft guru, wrote on Tuesday that the that Collins quote could be a catalyst for a major draft day trade, potentially in a package with Kevin Herter that would net Atlanta the number four overall pick in the draft. At the same time, Gavoni said on Zach Lowe's podcast on Tuesday that the Kings, in his mind, will make the pick if he had to guess. So it's all over the place, obviously. Um, there's been more and more intel that Sacramento's willing to pick at four. For a long time, it was like they probably won't pick at four. Now it seems to be leaning the other way. But the Herder inclusion is a new wrinkle in this, and maybe that would be enough to get them over the hump if they wanted to go ahead and do that. Um, it should go without saying, but you're obviously trading a lot there to give up Collins and Herder in a deal for a draft pick. Um, and that's almost $40 million in salary for next year. That's a huge part of that because the Kings just can't just take that money. They have to give some money back. So honestly, it almost has to include Harrison Barnes, who's a good player, but he's on an expiring deal. He's 30 years old, et cetera. That's a potential part of that swap if it were, if it were to happen would be to take Barnes. And by the way, I see even more salary than that back. But Barnes almost has to be in the deal if it was Collins and Herder. Um, but my stock answer on Ivy, I've been saying for a long time, and we talked about him for a while on this podcast, dating back to Andrew Kelly earlier in the process, but I am not totally in love with Ivy, but I will say I do understand the appeal of Ivy and I would understand a pursuit of Ivy a lot more than trading up or trading Collins for like the seventh pick or the sixth pick or the ninth pick, any of those ranges in that range. I don't love the five to 11, 12 range in this draft really at all. I like those prospects, but in terms of value propositions, I would not be wanting to, to go crazy about that. And those guys are not really star equity players. Whereas Ivy, if you believe in Ivy, you probably think he's going to be a star. And I, I don't blame you for that. In fact, I think if if either his shot, his perimeter shooting hits or his passing improves, um, you could definitely see some star upside for Jaden Ivy. So um, while that would make the Hawks worse in the short term, I have to say that very clearly, that deal makes the Hawks worse. Because even if Jaden Ivy is going to be good in the future, he won't be good right away. Almost certainly. Most guys, especially lead guards, are not great early on. But if you pair him with Trey Young and he actually hits, that's the kind of home run upside move that the Hawks just haven't made a lot of. Even when they mortgaged their assets to go get DeAndre Hunter, that was not a ceiling move. DeAndre Hunter was never going to be a superstar swing. That was more of a, we, we love this guy as a two-way role player kind of move. Whereas Ivy, they're actually would be aiming for star power if you, if you go ahead and do that. So anyway, um, a lot a lot there, but even if it's not, you know, it's kind of just rumblings at this point in time. Nothing is definitive, but alas, that's my thoughts on that latest stuff there. And if that gets even more hot, we'll talk about it more tomorrow. Back to Stein. Um, he had some stuff in there about the Pistons turning down a deal that I actually reported, or we kind of reported that I'd heard that, uh, of Bogey at 16 for Jeremy Grant. But actually, Stein said he heard the opposite, and that it was Atlanta that was cool to the idea. I do trust his sourcing, um, and I'd actually be encouraged by that because I personally would not do Bogey in 16 for Jeremy Grant. Um, but I also heard again that it was the Pistons that said no. So some conflicting stuff there for sure. I'm not doubting Mark, but I'm sure he's heard that. I don't know what to make of it, but alas, uh, that's not a deal that I would do anyway. So we'll probably move on from there. And then also in that same reporting from Mark Stein, he reported that, that Capella and Trey Young are close and Capella is quote, a true young favorite end quote. That does not mean that he's untouchable by any means, but Capella, you know, is interesting as a potential piece to be traded or still be on the roster. And Stein reported that you can, quote, safely conclude that the Hawks will have to be certain they're upgrading their front line to part with a player that Young is so fond of, end quote. That's about Capella. So that's pretty interesting. It sort of tracks with what I've thought for a long time. I know Glenn Willis, who's been a guest on this podcast, a Peachtree Hoops, has talked about this a lot about Capella and how much value he has to a lead ball handler like Trey in pick and roll and just kind of being at the right place at the right time being the defensive anchor. He's still undervalued in my mind. And they have to make a decision at some point at center between Capella and Okongwu or something else, whether it's Aiton or Gobert or whoever. But um, interesting sort of nugget there that Trey is a big fan of Capella. So that's probably going to be some part of the calculus along the way. And lastly, 
Brian Woodhorse said a few times on this Tuesday evening that the Hawks are, quote, all over the place at this at this point in time. No, no big surprise there. And he has heard five or six different scenarios. That's what he said about the Hawks. And he included especially the names of Collins and Bogdan Madonovich as guys who are really out there. Although he did say basically everyone is available other than uh, Trey and DeAndre Hunter. I would throw I would throw a Kong one there as well. But um, I think I, I've been saying this for a while. I'm not trying to take a victory lap, but all the reporting backs up what I've been saying for a while, that it's basically in terms of the tiers of availability. You have Trey as unavailable, obviously. And then you have Hunter and Okongwu, who are the guys who are pretty much not available, unless it's a star kind of trade, and then everybody else kind of falls in below that. So uh, that's all I have on the trade front at this point in time. Um, you know, stuff's going to happen on Tuesday night, even after I probably record this. So maybe we'll be more important on Wednesday. If it's anything that's new, I will touch on it again on the last pre-draft show that will go up on Wednesday night into Thursday morning, and then we'll touch on all the stuff as it happens on Thursday. One more reminder, though, before we move on from this, is that uh, unfortunately, if you do not like the rumor mill, if there is not a big move done involving Collins or something else on Thursday, there's that's not going to be the end of it. The Hawks, especially if uh, if they are pursuing DeAndre Ayton um, or anyone's a sign trade, sign trade candidate, but especially Ayton, that can't happen basically on Thursday. If Ayton is in the mix and it's Collins or whatever in the mix, that won't be happening until July. So if you are someone who wants this to be over with on Thursday – it may not be over with on Thursday. The Hawks might be uh, still having to hold out for other things because you can't get a sign trade done before July 1st. That's not allowed. So there you go on all that stuff. Last thing on the show today is that summer league dates are out. This is not a huge high profile thing, but I want to at least hit on it before I forget to do that. The Hawks will open their summer league schedule on Saturday, July 9th in Las Vegas against the Jazz. Uh, not, not exactly a huge high profile matchup because you doesn't have a high draft pick this year or any draft picks here this year, actually, but interesting stuff. Anyway, we're, uh, not very far away from that. We're like two and a half weeks away from Summer League. That's crazy, but that's where we are. After that, they play on Monday, July 11th against New Orleans, uh, who should have like Trey Murphy and Jose Alvarado, et cetera, and the number eight overall pick in this year's draft. And they play Tuesday, July 12th against Miami. And then Thursday, July 14th against San Antonio. And the Spurs, by the way, have three picks in the top 25 this year. So that's a pretty interesting team as well as Josh Primo from last year as well. TBD from there, but the Hawks will play five games in Vegas. Um, and that'll be their that'll be their run, and the game five will be either on July 16th or 17th. And uh, who knows who'll be there for, who'll be there for the Hawks at this point in time? Sharif Cooper is going to be there unless something crazy happens. Uh, but Jalen Johnson probably not with the injury. And then we'll see what the Hawks do on Thursday in terms of draft picks because anybody they draft, barring an injury, is going to be at summer league. We will see who that guy is or who those players are between 16, 44 trade ups, trade downs, etc. And uh, we'll have more intrigue on that. And I will be out in the desert. So covering all of that stuff. And I hope for some intrigue along the way. Okay. That's it for a short bonus podcast on this Tuesday evening. Again, this is the fourth show of the week. Wall-to-wall coverage. And I am imploring you, if you are a listener to this podcast, or a first-time listener especially, please subscribe to the show. Um, support the podcast by leaving a five-star rating on your platform of choice. Um, also subscribe, like on YouTube, subscribe on Stitcher and Apple and Spotify. Tell a friend, follow us on Twitter at Hawks. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roland, and we will see you on Wednesday.